I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources is live from the state capitol. Coverage from the state capitol. Eye on the Hill 2023. Special coverage with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We are broadcasting live from the state capitol today, throughout the day here on KSL News Radio. But we're actually going to begin with some national news, some things that everyone has been commenting and focusing on over the weekend. Classified documents, of course, have now been found at uh, both a closet in Mar-a-Lago and a garage next to the Corvette in Delaware. And while Democrats and Republicans in the halls of power debate, which is worse, President Biden or President Trump, the real question is not between left and right, Democrat or Republican. The real divide when it comes to classified documents and penalties is between those in power and the rest of us. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, many on both left and the right and many a pundit are uh, debating all the there is about the classified documents, who's worse, you know, hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the real difference uh, is is what is going on between those that are very powerful and the rest of us. And to help break that down, uh, J.D. Tuchilli, of course, is a contributing editor at Reason, has a great piece in Reason today about this very thing. It's one of the things that I noticed most when I went back to D.C., is that most of the battles really aren't left and right. It's between those in power against everyone else. But who would have thought that would have come into play when it comes to classified documents? Uh, J.D., thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so let's dive into this. Uh, when it comes to uh, these classified documents, it really isn't the uh, President Biden versus President Trump. Uh, who did worse? Uh, who should be prosecuted more? Uh, there's really a lot more to it. Give us a, kind of a, a deep dive there. Yeah, when it comes down to it, is you know the political factions finger point about um, you know whose classified documents collection you know kept next to their comic books um, is you know is actually a more egregious uh, violation. Um, and, and but the thing is silly. The fact of the matter is, powerful people have little reason to expect serious consequences when they abuse and mistreat secrets. When they uh, you know when they handle these classified documents, it's actually very common for them to take these home in violation of the rules to share them with reporters, um, and to keep them in ways that's absolutely not permitted by the rules without consequences. Meanwhile, people further down the totem pole get slapped with really harsh fines, um, whether they're acting as whistleblowers or whether they, you know, they treat innocuous documents that have been overclassified in ways that are outside the scope of the rules. Um, what a regular person, what will land a regular person in jail uh, will be a slap on the wrist or nothing at all for somebody higher up the political food chain. So there's no reason either Biden or Trump would have expected consequences up until we we saw the political factions starting to weaponize the treatment of classified documents. And that's where the debate comes in. But the real divide is not between Biden and Trump. It's between those two as members of the political class and the rest of us. Yeah, that weaponization is uh, when uh, all bets became off uh, when it comes to that. But you gave some great examples. Uh, and just for our listeners, kind of walk us through a couple of those where those higher up the food chain, uh, maybe a slap on the wrist, maybe maybe a tap on the wrist, uh, as opposed to some of those, whether they're whistleblowers or others, uh, who ended up really facing the consequences. 
Oh, absolutely. A great example was uh, General David Petraeus, who was the director of the CIA, shared uh, classified documents with his biographer slash girlfriend, uh, who was writing, you know, he was writing a biography of him at the time. She was not cleared to see these documents. Um, he ended up getting, um, obviously he lost his job, but he went on to have a very lucrative, um, you know, post-career uh, life. He got probation and a $100,000 fine, which I'm sure was offset by some consulting fees rather quickly. But at the time that he got slapped on the wrist uh, by this, there was a fellow named Stephen Kim who was uh, serving 13 months in prison. And Kim's uh, attorney wrote to the Justice Department pointing out that Kim, who was a you know, regular State Department employee who had spoken with a reporter, revealed classified information uh, trying to point out the danger of North Korea, um, you know, was sent to prison for this. Um, you know, for receiving, you know, for revealing much less in terms of secrets than Petraeus had gotten away with. The big difference was that Kim didn't have any leverage. Petraeus had a lot of leverage, a lot of clout, and a lot of friends. So Kim went to prison, and Petraeus got a slap on the wrist and consulting gigs uh, to follow afterwards. And that was a big deal. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Reality winner, um, who was a whistleblower, um, released one document um, and, of course, went to prison for that. Uh, meanwhile, of course, we've got both uh, the current and former president uh, you know, competing over the size of the classified document collections. Um, reality winner got slapped much more harshly. This is a long and old problem. I mean, this is, goes back years. Now, the New York Times pointed out when it, um, in a piece about Petraeus and Kim's disparate treatment years ago that high-level officials commonly share classified information that they have no legal right to share with reporters in order to impress them, in order to make political points, in order to push policies. They know they can get away with that because their friends will shield them. But people further down the food chain walk away from their desk for a few minutes or bring some work home that they're not authorized to do so. They face harsh penalties, including fines, firing, imprisonment. Um, 20 years ago, uh, the Washington Post was covering how this was a, had become a big deal and a big concern in D.C. Uh, military personnel at that time were seen as being treated much more harshly than civilians. But once again, high-level intelligence officials told the Washington Post, the further up the food chain you were, the less you had to fear from any consequences. And what came of those revelations at the time? Nothing. That's why we're discussing this now. We're still at a point where if you're connected, if you're powerful, you can expect us to classify documents that you have no right to have in your closet, in your garage, without any consequences whatsoever. But regular old government employees, military personnel, contractors, they can go to prison.
Yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it is the real conversation. And and uh, just real quickly, JD, and uh, we'll have you back another day to kind of do a deep dive on this. But uh, give us some perspective in terms of what this conversation should really look like as it comes to classified documents. Obviously, those relating to national security kind of move up uh, in terms of importance and and uh, penalties in terms of what happens. Uh, but what is the conversation we should be happen we should be having when it comes to these kinds of documents? Who has them? Where they are? Uh, and what should happen after that? Well, one thing is that government reflexively overclassifies a lot of things that it ought not classify. A lot of this stuff is innocuous, and someone just rubber stamps it because it's safer to classify than to have stuff leak out and maybe embarrass you or simply be inconvenient. Um, Also, if the government doesn't want information getting out there because it reflects poorly on policy or on officials – They'll classify it. That makes it illegal to leak. So if a whistleblower then goes and reveals it to a a reporter, that whistleblower faces legal consequences. Um, And, of course, that blowback will fall on people further down the food chain rather than those further up the food chain. So first thing is too much stuff gets classified, and it's too easy to classify it. That should be dealt with immediately. And second, of course, is that the treatment of this, if you're going to have legal consequences for revealing classified information – it should be applied equally across the board, equal protection of the law and equal consequences for everybody. Ah, fantastic. J.D. Ticilli, always appreciate your perspective. A great piece. Uh, he's the contributing editor at Reason. Great piece at Reason.com. You can check that out today as well. J.D., thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Now, that's an important thing. Again, this uh, argument where the headline, of course, is about whether it was files in a closet at Mar-a-Lago or a box next to the Corvette in Delaware. Uh, this is not a question between is what President Trump did versus what President Biden did as it relates to classified documents equal. It doesn't matter. This is the wrong conversation. The real divide is between the powerful and the rest of us. Uh, and that's where we got to make sure we're having the right conversations, especially when it comes to classified documents. We'll be right back. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.